Hey, party people, have you joined our Discord server yet? You can meet fellow party people and interact with our cast and crew to talk about all things Encounter Party, both this first Ravnica campaign and our new campaign, which is a television show available on the Dungeons & Dragons Adventures channel. To learn more, head on over to our website at EncounterParty.com or check the links in the show notes. Now, enjoy this episode of Campaign 1 of Encounter Party. Warning, our show features very strong language and graphic depictions of violence, so listener discretion is advised. Last time on Encounter Party! A dangerous discovery in the dark revealed that Malthus Reed was not acting alone in his service to Merit Lage. This information came at a steep price, as the resolve of Lennox was shattered, and the mighty Fakara was turned to stone. With the party fractured, Perix and Lorzach are all that's left to decipher the next step. With a hefty bundle of magic items, can they crack the code and get the band back together? Find out this week on Encounter Party! Hello, party people, and welcome to another exciting series of Encounter Party. My name is Brian David Judkins, and I am your Dungeon Master. With me this week is Andrew Krug, Ned Donovan, Sarah Babe, and Landry Fleming. Let's get this party started. Across the cloud-laden sky of Ravnica, a small black tendril of smoke putters over the rooftops as Xenia, is it scientist, flies overhead in a rather crudely fashioned gyrocopter. Far below, she spots the well of Zonet 4, where a lot of events caused great grief within her recent past. But after flying over the well, she spots a very familiar apartment complex and slowly sputters her way down into a faster drop than perhaps she was prepared for. And with a little bit more of a crash than an actual landing, she finally uh, arrives at the entryway to the apartment complex now owned by Mr. Rufir Alfonso III. After dusting the soot off of your tunic, you make your way inside to where a new elven concierge sits with perhaps a little bit more disgust at your current appearance uh, based on the quality of the uh, apartments that are within. Xenia will make her way to the familiar elevator and slowly work her way up, humming a very familiar tune as she reaches the top penthouse of Mr. Alfonso III. And as you open the door and step inside, what you are greeted with is a rather strange sight. There remains the statue of Fakara Ordrun, but on the statue of Fakara Ordrun, you find Perix and Lorzach awkwardly massaging and buffing the statue with rags. Seated at the table next to them is Rufir Alfonso III, studying some type of horn-shaped artifact, and nobody even seems to acknowledge your entrance. What up, bitches? <laughs> So the way the way that the Supersoft is working is it's like a big giant vase, right? Right. And you have been instructed that you have to like slather it on, work it in. Right. <laughs> How long have we been doing this? 
a good part of the morning. Okay, great. She is a large. tired, yeah. And there's only so much you can do, and it's it's a work-in. My character sheet says a medium. Thank you very much. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, great. It's like it's like you got to work the cocoa butter into all the creases, and, and uh, you can feel it. You can feel the stone sort of turning into more of a soft mud, like a caked-on mud, as you guys kind of work this in. Surely she's greased up enough by now. Welcome back. Uh, would you mind grabbing a rag? Xenia has already <laughs> crawled up behind Fakara and is just rubbing the shoulders of Fakara's statue. She has no idea what they're doing. <laughs> just joining in. So I I, uh, I I dip a rag in super soft and I I just like put it under Xenia's hand <laughs> so that she doesn't even notice that like the motion has changed. <laughs> yep, she just keeps going. <laughs> yeah, great. Where have you been? That's a really personal question, and we can talk about it later. But I'm curious to know what we're doing right now. Well, while you were, you know, gone, uh, we took the liberty of solving how to save our friend here, and it requires extensive rubbing in of this um, viscous liquid in this vase here. Sensual. So after a little bit more time, as you guys have been spending a, a, an unfathomable amount of time working this stuff in for what is a potion, you you eventually do get a point after enough moisture that the stone skin around Fakara begins to crack. And like, almost like a wax casing, it starts to break off like an outer skin. And you can feel that underneath this like caked mud, you start to feel fur which thankfully has grown back in the uh, in the wake of the rather fiery incidents that happened at the end of the last season. And um, th- there's a lot more work to this involved than perhaps you were prepared for. Curing somebody of stone stare is not an easy task, and you begin sort of tearing off these outer layers of stone and outer layers of stone until eventually, Fakara or Droon, you reawaken into a point of... Physical collapse. Oh my god. You guys. You're. Everyone's okay. Everyone. Everyone. Oh my god. That was awful. Lorzach pours a cup of tea. Thank you. Was that for her or for yourself? Yes. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) Xenia also pours a cup of tea. But it is for herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. she stands there sipping it, just watching. It was awful. I could see everything. I could hear. It was terrible. And I couldn't. It was awful. The last thing I remember was seeing the Gorgon stare. And then I saw you falling. I couldn't do anything. It was awful. Oh, my God. You were conscious the entire time that you were a stone statue? Yeah. I am so sorry for having done that to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, uh, welcome yeah. back. I'm glad we fixed that really quickly. Um, <laughs> what a fascinating exercise in listening. <laughs> okay, so um, Fagara, welcome back! Yay! Fagara Jr. is back. So uh, the four of you are now sort of reassessed, and and Fakara is obviously um, perhaps a little bit lighter in weight and obviously mentally 
shook in in a way. I was not prepared for that decision. So thank you very much for You're creeping welcome. me out right at the start. No problem. Um, and there's just sort of an awkward pause as you sort of turn yourself back to the dining table where there are a bunch of parchments and books laid out, and Rufier Alfonso III is just sort of sitting there staring at this horn-shaped artifact that you guys have retrieved from Vane Tower. Um, again, not even really acknowledging that there's two more people in the room. <laughs> was... uh, I'd like to go up to Alfonso and yes. like, very calmly put a hand on him and be like, thank you so much for taking so good of care of me. Oh, you're quite welcome, my baby. Oh, 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 my! <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you're back! Yeah! It worked! Yes! I'm relieved. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, oh, my dear Xenia. Oh, what a start. Well, hello, welcome back. Is everyone all right? Has anyone seen Lennox? Uh, yes, unfortunately, your Azorius Law Mage uh, friend decided that duty did call. He is still an acting member of the law, unfortunately, and, and decided he couldn't remain here for very much longer. Uh, I do imagine he's going to turn up eventually, but um, duty calls, as they say. Um, my dear Xenia, you are back. Mm, yes. Did you learn anything during your uh, return home? I'm in the process of doing a lot of personal research myself into the guild. Things are a bit topsy-turvy, to say the least, which is saying something for us. Yes, I dare say. I guess the next question at hand, boys and girls, is... Well, where do you go from here? Well... I don't suppose hunting Gorgon would be the first on the list. She's, uh, dead. Oh, that, oh, good. Which does not mean that the rest of the Undercity is safe for us to traipse about. True. What we have uncovered about Malthus Reed's activity indicates that he has contacts, conspirators, and agents in every guild in Ravnica. What we know from the map that we discovered in his secret laboratory, there is or appears to be some type of spell being written across the face of Ravnica, the train lines being used to inscribe it across the map. If the guilds have been subverted, can we trust the unaffiliated? The unaffiliated line is also part of the spell. So my question is... If the unaffiliated line is part of the spell, how does he have sway over them? I understand manipulating a guild, but the unaffiliated are, by definition, unaffiliated. And yet, that train line is falling directly on the path that writes whatever this spell does. And so I might pose a question to you, Mr. Alfonso III. You once possessed a train... Purchased from the unaffiliated rail line, as I understand it. Yes, that's quite right. And who exactly did you speak to in arranging this purchase? Well, I know personally that there are three major investors in the unaffiliated line at the moment. Three very wealthy private citizens of Ravnica who have decided to band together to try and combat the, the guild monopolies that seem to be taking hold. I can assure you that they they are they are independent people. They are merchants of their own accord and and have staved off, you know, guild participation because quite frankly they don't need it. The first of is is a, is a man that I'm sure everyone has heard of is one Mister Darius Vane, ah. a very loud and uh, boisterous person who I know has a rather extensive 
collection of artifacts. We are familiar with Mr. Vane. Are you? I cannot understand why. Um, <laughs> the other two men are, are, are one Mr. Royston Overshaw, um, who deals with uh, importing and exporting uh, of, of various items, uh, mainly across the waterways. And uh, the last one is a one Mr. Cyril Montjoy. All three very wealthy people, well-to-do, who seem to ha- have a great deal of uh, investment in the future of Ravnica when it comes to, I guess, combating the guild powers. And what is Mr. Montjoy's proclivities within Ravnica? I, various things. From my understanding, Mr. Montjoy is involved in the real estate market in, in some way, the buying and selling of lands and uh, in property. It's a very lucrative business, and there's far more people to, to exploit through that industry than there are guild members. Between Overshar and Montjoy, yes. who would you suspect has the most contact with the unaffiliated rail lines engineers? I suspect that they're all rather equally invested. Uh, Mr. Darius Vane is going to obviously have connections more with the guilds themselves, surprisingly. He he is a man who seems to favor, you know, a a codependence of all of Ravnica. He enjoys the guilds, yes. From what I've heard, um, he is a collector of things, and I have done business with him in the past. Um, As far as the actual purchase of the rail line, I have uh, purchased it from a Mr. Royston Overshaw. Um, simply with the importing and exporting, I was able to extract uh, transportation from him. I have met all of these gentlemen. They've all done business with me uh, with the Museum of Wonder. I mean, specifically the collection of rare items. Um, again, nothing illicit. But that doesn't mean they're above the manipulation of someone who would wish to do harm to Ravnica. True, I think. Well, I would suspect that Mr. Overshaw would be a first port of call for us. Mr. Alfonso, what is that horn? Ah, that is an excellent question. It is some type of musical instrument. I've gotten that far. Fascinating. However, I cannot make it produce sound. There is a strange symbol on it, though, that I'm not quite familiar with. Perhaps you would like to take a look at it. Yes. So, um, he turns over the horn to each of you and offers the suggestion that each of you maybe perhaps attempt to make it produce sound. Give it a tune. And very quickly, Perix and Xenia, you guys maybe give it a try and realize that no matter how you blow into this thing, you can't really make it do anything. Um... Sarah, please give me a type of um, history check with advantage. Okay. First question. Yes. Do you speak um, celestial? I do. Okay, go ahead and make the roll. Okay. I'm going to use the fancy new donated dice. Ooh, that's an 18. Okay, so uh, because you speak celestial, you immediately recognize on this horn... Mm-hmm. It's angelic writing. So for those of you at home, there are angels within Ravnica, but it's a very strange sort of situation in that they are exclusively allied with the Boros Legion. And 
the the leader of the Boros has been an angel for a long time. It, it always, whoever is the leader, it's almost always exclusively an angel. But the angels don't really live on Ravnica. They live in a place called Parhelion, which is like an artificial heaven that they made to float above Ravnica. So seeing an angel is like an incredibly rare thing, even within the Boros, because they are they are celestial beings. They are considered above people. But you can tell that this horn has celestial writing on it. So specifically, it is some type of very old Boros artifact. Ooh, do I think it's a good idea to try to blow it? Are you a bard? Yeah, I have a level of bard. Can you give me a performance check with advantage, please? I will, most definitely. Ooh, that is 19. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. The 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 ramifications of your <laughs> interim adventure are going to come back and bite me immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, Vicara or Droon, you purse your bovine lips to this horn and give it a mighty blow. And unlike anyone else has been able to do, this deep bellowing sound erupts from this horn, much louder than you thought this thing could possibly produce. And seemingly nothing happens for a moment. And then you all notice a bit of a bright flash outside the large window. Oh. And you see a fireball. Oh shit. Approaching the penthouse. And it's getting larger and larger. And it's very clear that this massive fireball is racing <laughs> toward the apartment complex. All we do could, is mess up Alfonso. Could, could, everyone, <laughs> could everyone please make a dexterity check? 17. 17. 17. Uh, 20. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought we were going to 17 around the table. I was really excited. Okay, so you all managed to like fucking jump out of the way for Kara. You like clothesline Alfonso to like get him to the ground. Like look out of the way. <laughs> and this, Sorry, sir. Get down! And this, this like mortar comes smashing through the window into the apartment complex. Why do we keep wrecking his stuff? And this, this like sputtering fire thing just comes crashing into the apartment and like lands in the thing. And you realize that it's like a being that was on fire. The shit. And out of this like smoke charred soot, you see a woman in armor stand up. And the thing that you immediately notice about her is she has angel wings, but they're bound. So she can't, she can't fly and her things are tight. And she's getting up and she's kind of coughing and she has like fire mane hair. So she has this like dark red hair that looks like it's on, it's not on fire, but it kind of looks like it's on fire. And she's pretty big. I'd say that she's like the size of Lennox. She's pretty tall, very muscular, in armor. And it's very clear to you, Sarah. Yeah. This is a fire main angel. This is a this is like an equivalent of an archangel. This is a battle angel summoned from heaven itself with bound wings. And she kind of stands up and looks around at all of you like a fight might be happening. But then she sees you in your Boros uniform and sees that you're holding the horn and she is very crass. And she's just, oh, you gotta be kidding me. 
What? What? It was... There was... It was... What? And she's like, what do you want? I just... We didn't know what the horn did. Just tell me the task so I can get out of here, please. Can you be nicer? Is that in order? I... Yes. Fine. Would you please tell me what my penance is so I can get this over with? I did not realize that I called you for penance. We... Oh, you have got to be kidding me. And at this point, Rufier Alfonso sort of takes over and he's like, Oh my word, that's a fire main angel. What a, what a rare, exciting treat this is. That horn summons angels. Oh my word. Just one. Oh my word. I, I'm, I'm sorry, my dear. I'm so sorry, my dear. Um, your wings are bound. I think we're not entirely sure what this thing does. We're very sorry. Perhaps you could instruct us. And she is now, like, doubly pissed off. And she marches over and grabs the horn. But you realize that she grabs it and tries to wrench it away from you. But she can't actually remove it from your grasp. And it's, like, not even a power struggle, right? Like, she tries to just, like, take it from you. Yeah. But as powerful and as strong as she is, she, like, physically can't remove it from your possession. And she very angrily stares you down and just says, This is a penance horn. You are responsible for me until my penance is paid. So the quicker you figure out what you want me to do, the faster we can get this over with. All right. What do you want me to do? Get back in the horn. Oh, by Aurelia's wrath. This is going to take forever. I really don't think I deserve this. And she's like grumbling, grumbling, grumbling. It's just a singular incident. I didn't really... And she just sort of like disappears into a puff of smoke. And like just sort of like a fiery, ambery burst. And then she's just gone. And that is a thing. And now, a quick word from one of our sponsors. You know, folks, blank walls can be pretty boring. So why not spruce up your home or office by heading over to ukiyopop.com. They have a collection of traditional Japanese prints inspired by today's comics, games, and movies. The gallery is viewable online for free, and prints are available for purchase. So head over to ukiyopop.com. That's U-K-I-Y-O-P-O-P.com. Tradition in a modern method. And now, back to the party. So, so unfortunately, we didn't pry too much information out of this, but we know that the horn summons an angel. A very angry angel. What? Yes. Who apparently did something wrong? I mean, she's doing penance. Who who assigns penance? How does this work? <laughs> <laughs> These have all been really great questions to ask her. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, call her back. Call her back. Call her back. <laughs> yeah, okay. You blow the horn. Yep. Nothing happens. You cannot produce the sound a second time. Oh, fuck, I broke it. I'm not entirely sure that that's quite how this works, but oftentimes magical items sometimes have, you know... Like rings, they require recharge time. I, I, I think it was a very costly experiment, but um, I, I, I will, I will go consult some of my Boros contacts and see if I can figure out exactly what this penance horn is. But for the time being, my dear, 
Fakara, it seems like you're the only one able to use this item, so I would keep it close. That is fascinating. Yes, quite. For the first time in a long time, I'm not the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Wait, I am? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> I think by asking that question, you kind of just deducted yourself a few small Oh, my points. dear, we must never deprive someone the opportunity to learn. That's true. That's true. So, that was interesting. I now get to pay for another window. <laughs> and probably some fire damage. Sorry, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> There's like, it's just char, like a like chart, like a chart skid mark <laughs> like across the floor. I am so sorry, Mr. Alfonso. This is quite all right, I suppose. All things considered, paying for the cost of a new penthouse window is probably worth that show to begin with. How do we find... Welcome to Series 2, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Christ. Uh, I already have half a page of notes, and we're just kicking off. Okay. Uh, How do we find Royston Overshar? Uh, I mean, these... I mean, they're... Their property is going to be publicly listed. Oh, great. It it wouldn't be hard to... They're very wealthy people. They're upper echelon people. Like, finding out where these people live is not super difficult. Cool. Probably a quick trip over... Most of these people, like the wealthy people, are going to live in the the 10th district, right? Downtown. There's there's an area... That's where we started? Yes. Okay. Uh, Well, no, no. Like, the 10th district is like the center of Ravnica. It's where the the promenade is and all the guild halls are. There is a there is an area within there called Ovizia, okay, which is um, the wealthy district. It's the mansion quarter. So a lot of private citizens live there who don't like um, obvi- obviously well-to-do, high, powerful guild members are going to live within stone's throw of the tenth district because they're going to have access to their resources of their respective guild halls and stuff like that. But Ovizia is the mansion quarter. It's it's where you know the the expensive property is. Okay. Um which very coincidentally is near Sunholm, which is the borough. It's like in between Nivix, which is the Is It Guild Hall, and Sunholm, which is the Boros Guild Hall. Uh I have a logistical question. Yes. Hey Fakara. Yes. Do you need to like rest? You just came out of stone. I was I slept. Where, where are you at? <laughs> I slept. You must be hungry. How you, yeah, like, let's talk some, how are you doing? Because before we go running off to the tenth district, you uh you good? Need a snack? Well, I oh ooh. Yes. There, uh, there seems to always be food left out on Alfonso's apartment, and it's probably a little uh, warm at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did this bananas get flamed? Bananas foster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's all sorts of uh, um, it's. I mean, it's a very it's a very veggie. I would assume minotaurs are vegetarians based on their bovine body makeup, right? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. It, it's a very vegetarian-friendly platter because we have Perix and Lorzatch, who are mm-hmm. very seaweed and mushroom-focused dietitians. So, um... That actually sounds really good right now. Seaweed and mushrooms? Yeah, seaweed I have and no mushrooms. I just hand my plate. <laughs> <laughs> Fill me up, please. <laughs> Some of that tasty seaweed and mushrooms. Yes. <laughs> um, um, yes. So, okay. So, <laughs> season two, uh, we have 
We we have a couple of names that we should probably go say hi to. We yeah. have an angel in a horn. Yes. We have uh, didn't even get her name. Yeah, don't I don't know who she is. <laughs> didn't uh, even get all her of name. us were a little too awestruck, and Fakara's never been the investigative type. So, <laughs> 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 so uh, and what we, we know is what you know is you have a horn that periodically summons an angel who is serving penance. She was being mean. I didn't really want her around. Angels are always mean. <laughs> Welcome no, to Ravnica. It might be. It might be. Uh, it might be prudent to figure out just what that thing does at some point. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Does the horn by chance have a name on it, or just like? Horn of penance. Yeah, I think it just. I think it just says a horn of penance. Okay, that's what the celestial symbol says. Yes. Cool. It's um, like the. It's like a timeout for an angel. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out. I'm sure we will shortly figure out what it does. But uh, listeners, it's a, it's a very uh, cool item to be continued when it recharges. Yeah, it's the. Uh, it's the first time I've ever created a magic item within the game, so it should be a lot of fun. But right now, we we know that it summons an angel, so who knows what it does later? Cool. Awesome. I think, I don't know if anyone else agrees with this, that Andrew's instinct was correct that Overshar is a better starting point because he had he sold a train to Alfonso, Agreed. right? Like he's import exports, he's trains, he's potentially the kind of person who could hypothetically be taking a train and riding a giant. Well, I think it's important to understand that the sale of the train to myself was a personal favor. It's just one wealthy man to another. I don't want to suggest that there was anything nefarious by it. I just needed to travel, and I, so he sold me a train. I think I think we're not trying to say that there was anything nefarious about your purchase. I think we're saying that a human who sold you, well, I actually don't know if it's a human, a person who- All, all three of the investors are humans. Oh, great. So many, a human- Many, many races within Ravnica, non-human races, tend to ally themselves within guilds because oftentimes they have physical makeups that require them to be there. The Ordrun lineage of Minotaurs are very exclusively within the Boros, but there's other lineages of Minotaurs that tend to go towards the Gruul. Um, there really isn't a place for Ordrun Minotaurs outside of Sunholm based on their personal mantra. Hmm. So that that there there are there are either you know the Loxodons all kind of belong to the Selesnia because there isn't really anywhere else for them to be in order to exercise their way of life beliefs. I think it is entirely possible that, and I'm not saying it is true, I'm saying it is something to think on right now in this moment. A person who sold you a train does not need to have sold you the train nefariously to be undertaking nefarious actions. True, I think. So the only person connected to a train that sold trains that controls any kind of train. And we are looking for why and how and who could be controlling an unaffiliated line to write a character on Ravnica that does God knows what. Seems like uh, Overshar is a good place to start. But my question is also by looking at this map that the unaffiliated line will, in order to complete said glyph on the whole of Ravnica, the unaffiliated line does need to pass through guild territory and as they're trying to block out the guilds themselves, I'm very curious how they expect to make that work. Darius Vane uh, may not have told us that there is a deal happening with the Selesnia, but it definitely wasn't to us. Right. Well then, I suspect that that might be something you want to check out. <laughs> I, I do happen to know where these people live. 
Yes, that would be very helpful. Um, and who exactly, uh, we'd like to go investigate which Royston Overshaw. Ah, Mr. Royston Overshaw. One moment, please. He pops into his room with like all sorts of books and stuff like that. And he pulls out and he just simply gives you guys the address. The, the manor of Royston Overshaw is in, uh, Ovitia. Cool. So you guys will have to travel into the 10th district. Ovitia is in the, is it? area so precinct four i want to say cool and precinct four is in sort of the northwest side so do you guys know you went in the in soft cheese you went to the tin street market Mm. um so darius vane's tower would have been at the edge of ovitia so you guys were just there um and you would have gone through the tin street market to kind of like get there yeah it seems like Fakar is good to go we unfortunately don't have lennox but i don't think we can wait Agreed. I'm not entirely sure what Mr. Brightburn is up to right now, but I believe his duties and responsibilities with the Azorius are going to supersede a great deal of your future activities. And while we're there, we can talk to all of the other guilds and see what exactly this horn is and double check to see if there's any, been anything weird going on with everybody else. Uh, as a totally random thought that definitely doesn't have any bearing on anything we might have done recently, let's not get near the guild hall of the Orzov for just like a second. Why? No reason. <laughs> oh. Let's not ask uh let's not ask more questions. <laughs> uh okay. <laughs> well save them for last then? <laughs> sure. So let's we, go uh, Michael, everywhere <laughs> except for Orzova. <laughs> And, there might be a priest and, there who recognizes and us. Karozda, which is the Golgari Guild Hall. Let's oh, just yeah, stay yeah, away yeah, from yeah, that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. And maybe let's not go to the Rakdos territory, because why do we need to be there? Oh, um, okay. Specifically, why don't you head only to the place you've decided to go? To- yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Sunhome and that dude's place. So technically, on the path that you are traveling, you have to head east. So Ovizia, the mansion quarter will be before you would reach Sun Home. Oh yeah, that's fine. Let's go visit Mr. Overshaw. Agreed. Yeah. So, you guys are are you going to travel on uh, let's let's take a brief moment and talk about what we have access to finances, right? Because you guys spent some money during soft cheese, yes. but collectively you have a thousand Zeno. You've been paid from Mr. Alfonso. What's what sort of items do you think that you might, you know, you have you have your magic items. Do we want to just talk about those super quick? Yeah, we can talk about that. I have a If horn. you guys want to just take a moment to take stock of what you have, that yeah. would help me. Okay. Uh, Lorzach has upgraded his armor. Um, he is rocking a set of studded leather armor. Okay. Mechanically. And that puts your AC at what? Uh, with uh, including his dexterity bonus at 17. Okay. People at home, don't forget that you guys are level five at the beginning of series two. Yep. I used the Tome of Clear Thought. So uh, uh, that has been a consumed item. We now got to wait a century till anyone can use it again. Uh, yes, I... All right. <laughs> uh we have the shield. I wish of you would have at least let me inspect it first. It's I, going to appreciate in value. Yes, I understand that, but I won't. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to die. <laughs> well, yes, I. Uh, it's okay. We all will. I have the shield of missile attraction oh, I any uh, that yes. I don't need because I don't 
hold missiles and I really are shields and I really don't need things flying at me. So what's what's the rarity of that item? Uh, it is rare. Okay, so uh, um, a rare magic item will sell for two thousand Zeno. Great. If if you wish to sell that, you're going to be passing through the Tin Street Market to get where you're going, so you can do any shopping you need to do along the way. I mean, very easily. Can anyone use it? Yes. Do you want to use it? Not especially. Okay. Well, your new staff is two-handed, is it not? It's, it's versatile, so it can be a, a one-handed attack. Okay. But it's not light, so right. it's incompatible with dual wielding. Okay. So at the moment, because Lennox is not with you, nobody can use that magic shield that you have. Right. So you could sell it if you wanted to. I mean, I have no need for it. Nor I. Okay. My AC might. And how much money do you have after you spent all the stuff? I have for 367 Zeno. So I, I have that before selling the Shield of Missile Attraction. Okay. And we're going to try and at least outfit Fakara a little yeah, bit more. We want to bump Fakara as much as okay, possible. Okay, so somebody, somebody take half a moment and think that through, and then Mr. Alfonso just is going to pipe in really quick and suggest that. Can perhaps, we sell it to him? Uh, Do we need to go to the market? Would he buy it off us? Yes. That's... What? What? Please, please, my dear boy, take a point of inspiration. What a wonderful idea. Yes, I, I would love to have this this cursed item sitting around in my house. Um, no, but I, I am going to propose that perhaps you might want to leave the orbs here. Um, if somebody would like to designate, I, I do happen to have a lot of protective items. I don't think he's joking around. I think he like, I have a magic safe, which is only accessible to one person at a time if you would uh, mind tuning to it. So if one of you wants to be the designator of the orb secrecy, even I won't have access to them. Perix is happy to be that. Given Ned's lethality rate... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> might um, want to be a character who does not expect to die in my campaign. Backing up! Perix doesn't expect to die. How dare you? <laughs> um, so the suggestion is he has a safe place that you can store them. This is me helping you. Yeah. But one person, only one person will have in and out access to them. Lorzech has been the caretaker for the last okay. season. You, you have so. two orbs now. Yes. Don't forget. Yeah. I got Lorzech. Okay. So um, he will lead you into his private room and he will open a bottom cabinet to where you see like a, a spectral safe, sort of like a ghostly cartoonish type safe. Um, it will require you to attune to it, so it will be one of your three attunement slots um, in which you can place these orbs and then you lock it. And then as soon as you do lock it, he will invite the remaining three people in to sort of show kind of what the deal is. And he points to the section of the cabinet to you, Xenia, Fikara, and Perix, and you can see nothing on this shelf. Okay. Mm. Like there is just nothing there. And you can see the safe, but he's trying to illustrate with somebody else that this thing is just not visible to anyone else besides you. It is attuned to you, only you have access to it. So that even if somebody was to like break in, and they wouldn't even like know that it was there. Okay. That way you guys don't have to carry them around. Uh I am selling the the shield. Okay. Adding the money up. Okay. You said it's 2,000? Yes, sir. Okay. We are outfitted with a good amount of gold to go try and get Fakara some stuff. Okay. Um, Not gold. We, we can just Zeno. fast track through <clears throat> this as you guys cross the 10th Street Market on your way there. Great. So things that you need to purchase, please go ahead and do that. All right. Well, I'm going to pick up a couple of healing potions. 
Good. Probably a smart idea. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but um, my track record's not great. Parix's isn't? A uh, Parix is fine. Uh, <laughs> Ned's isn't great. No. Man. Actually, Parix also isn't good. The Gorgon almost killed him. Only one of you have technically failed. Sure. Except for me, I continue to lose. <laughs> but you you I'm succeeded not, once. I, I've only won once. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting better. We'll see. We'll see how this series plays out. Hmm. I'm I feel like your you idea of winning is much different from the idea of winning that we would like. Say hello to the bad guy. Uh, okay, so. He's back. You guys make your way through the 10th Street Market, stopping to pick up a few items. Um, is a little bit more armored. We have That's a little a bit. Place. Yes, yeah. Yeah, a little bit larger, uh, a little bit, a little bit higher armor. Everybody has a little bit higher armor class now. Yeah. True. True. Good. You're gonna need it. Okay. I'm just imagining Fakar being like, "Come on, fucking hit me!" <laughs> <laughs> Hurt me. Ah, um, God, no. So you guys climb your way through the 10th Street Market back into District Four, and you can see off to your left as you kind of come marching through the rest of the day that there are the uh, the very heat. District Four is a very hot part of Ravnica because you are passing the steamworks of Nivix, the Izit Guild Hall. And these very sort of dark indigos and reds just sort of bubble out in in the sort of weird, you know, sort of amorphous. For for a place that's very industrial, Nivix itself, the guild hall, is very sort of round. It's like a molten bubble hobbling out. So you can you can hear just the, the pure wretched sound of industry coming off to your left. But for Xenia, it's probably like, aw. It's she, she's just a look of being soothed comes over her face. This was like a lullaby. The when sound you were a of child. metal smashing on yeah, other metal yeah. is just uh, like yeah. Xenia, you look so relaxed. Did you sleep well? <laughs> <laughs> Better than you in stone. <laughs> too soon, dude. I, too I soon. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like Xenia probably can't sleep at any volume other no. than an alarm clock going off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she she has been very incredibly unrested the whole time she's been with everybody. <laughs> it's too quiet. And then as you approach, you're passing sort of the heat of the steam vents, but then before you is uh, the great towering forge of Sunhome, which is the, the Boros Legion's headquarters, which is in itself the undying forge. So there's just a lot of, like, processed heat everywhere. Um, Those Edge hates this. And then, yeah, I imagine this is not super comfortable. But not great for situated me. right in between those two areas, sort of like in sort of a nestled warm hearth, is Ovizia, the mansion quarter. And as you guys enter, it's a very clear distinction. The roads are much wider. There are sidewalks. There is foliage and cared land and parks. The properties are very, very big. Some of these you might even mistake for a guild hall itself. It's just an impressive amount of land. It's very well cleaned, very maintained, and you get a real sense of what money can buy within Ravnica and the fact that it's near the is it guild hall, which means a lot of people just don't like messing around that part because who knows what's going to explode. And the fact that it's nestled right up against the Boros Legion means that it's an incredibly safe neighborhood to be in. And for some of us who might be from the Undercity or some of us who might be from underwater, 
it's probably a very alarming place for everyone to be except for Fakara. The, the sort of rank and order and nicety of everything might be slightly comfortable for you, but for everyone else, it's that sort of... This is too Stepford, right? This is very organized. I picture like Zeddy and I between the noise and the very neat rows of homes. We're just like, la 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 la. <laughs> but I, I also imagine that like the, the like breaks in the pavement are like the exact gate of your hooves. Oh, so like every so step satisfying. you take is just perfectly within the cracks and you're like, Never so I have a lore question, just because yes. I'm curious. Like, yeah. what uh, 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 if you were a wealthy person in Ravnica? Is this mm-hmm. a, is all the niceness and the up the upkeep and the the manicuring of the lawns and things like that? Is that a something a guild handles, or are you paying for that? You know what I mean? Like, is that one of the guilds taking care of that? Well, we have to we have to remind we have to remember that the the lore of Ravnica is really centered around the ten guilds, but right. the guilds only make up about ten percent of the population. Oh, I forget. So the the regular people of Ravnica don't necessarily feel the way about, say, the Rakdos that you guys feel about them because the Rakdos are like where you go to party. And yeah, they do murdery, dangerous, masochistic things, but they also have... Raves. Yeah. Really yeah. bitchin' raves. And, you know, the, the Orzov have their entertainment things. So if, you, if you're going to talk about this part of Ravnica... It's it's probably a mix, but anything that is guild involved in this area is probably purchased for private interest. Right. Like wealthy Orzov bankers might live in this area, but the money that they spend or contribute to their land and their property is not necessarily of a guild objective. Right. It's just for a private thing. Um, Got it. And the niceties of the city of Ravnica are often controlled under the responsibility of the Selesnia. So keeping things sort of nice and clean and keeping nature as a part of it, the Selesnia really take over that responsibility. So you guys go marching through this, like, <laughs> rather clean place. Now, the sun is setting at this point. You've spent a full day. You've spent a full morning rubbing down Fikara, and then you've spent the afternoon transferring your way over, doing a bit of shopping. And you make your way through the rather easily navigatable... Um, Ovitia district and the fact that four of you are from different guilds traveling together is somehow more normal in this location than perhaps four members of one guild marching through the street. It seems much more casual and social and therefore you're not drawing a huge amount of attention. And you guys make your way towards the manor of Mr. Royston Overshaw and you feel a tremor under your feet. Well, okay. Would everyone please make a dexterity saving throw? Hey, I'm good at this. Uh, I am good at this. Seven. Eight. Twenty-three. Twenty-one. I'm actually very impressed. Anyone under twenty is going to take... Oh, come on. Landry just gave me full eye roll. So anyone who rolled below a 20 is going to take nine damage as this tremor knocks you to the ground. And you're all shaking underneath this earthquake when suddenly, from below the mansion, a gargantuan worm erupts through the house of Royston Overshaw. It launches itself straight up towards the moon before arcing over and with its gigantic maw and plated face, it dives back down through the mansion, 
thrashing about and reducing the estate of Royston Overshaw to rubble. Well, I guess we're not going to be asking him any questions. On the next Encounter Party, a giant worm has erupted from the streets of Ravnica, smashing the mansion of the man our players hope to question. Can a shiny new stranger bring help, or will our heroes be crushed to dust? Find out next time on Encounter Party! Encounter Party is produced by Play Plus One and Charging Moose Media, based on the worlds of Dungeons and & Dragons and Magic the Gathering, created by Wizards of the Coast. Original campaign written by Brian David Judkins. Sound capture and original effects by Will Malones. Edits and mixing by Ned Donovan and Katie Brow. Theme song and additional music by Alexander Nakarada of Serpent Sound Studios. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech. Special thanks to Megan Judkins and Will Malones. Attention party people! This is Fakara Ordrun of the Boros Legion here to remind you to do your duty for the encounter party. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, rate and review. Check out our Twitter and Instagram. Join us on our Facebook group to interact with all of our characters. And for news and updates, check out EncounterParty.com.